Lasting Love Podcast, presented by CoachingWithFroy.com. You've found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithFroy.com, number one best-selling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Well, hello again, and welcome to another edition of the Attracting Lasting Love Podcast. As always, I am your host, Roy Biancolana, and today we finish up a three-part series that I've been doing on the basic topic of personal growth, okay? And we've been taking uh, a provocative angle at it, um, an an angle I, I think that needs to be taken, because I think there is so much fluff and so much, um, you know, happy talk around personal growth. And I think what's left out is someone saying some of the dirty little secrets about genuine, lasting, deep, transformative personal growth. Um, There are some hard truths to swallow if you really want to grow and transform and break free of patterns uh, in your life. And so I'm doing this three-part series that's called The Three Most Unpopular Secrets to Genuine Personal Growth. And you know, if you haven't listened to the first two episodes on this, um, you need to do that. But just by way of summary, the first unpopular secret is that you need to work on your weaknesses. But one of the major reasons, if not the most important reason that sometimes we don't grow or we don't grow as much as we could is because we're sort of addicted to comfort we're addicted to positive feedback, we're addicted to feeling good, we're, ad- we're addicted to success. And so what happens is we sort of, if we work on anything in our lives, we work on what we're already good at. We, we try to build on our superpowers. And I think I mentioned this in the first episode that, you know, you can go into coaching programs and personal development training programs and they are encouraging you to reach out to friends and family and people and have people tell you what they feel your superpower is, right? And I'm sorry, I just think that's ego stroking. I don't think it's productive to real growth. Now, I mean, it, it's fine to know what you're good at. You should celebrate that. Perhaps you've been gifted in an area. Perhaps you just have a raw talent for something. Perhaps you've worked at something and made, you know, a part of your personhood a superpower. Okay, good. Good for you. But I think if you really want to grow, you got to work at your weakest link, (laughs) right? The chain is only as strong as its weakest link. And so I think one of the dirty little secrets is that you got to do the the stuff that's not fun. You have to work on an area of your life that you struggle with, you know, whether it's a lack of patience, you know, whether you're, you're avoiding a conflict and, you know, you, you're, you're, you're non-confrontational to a fault, whether you're a people pleaser, um, whether you're a narcissist? We haven't talked about that, right? I mean, I could go on for days about narcissism. Um, our self-absorption. Frankly, my personality type, I I suffer from that. See, in, in my mind, what narcissism is, is just being self-absorbed, self-centered, thinking the world revolves around you, being wrapped up in your own little story, you know, looking, you know, looking at your your face in the reflection of the water, which was the original thing from Greek mythology. And I think any ego 
All egos are narcissistic. The ego is one big ball of self-absorption, self-concern, self-obsession. So I think we're all narcissists to one degree or another. I will admit that there are some people who are more than others, and I guess we could use a label and say someone's got narcissistic personality disorder. Um, but I kind of think the people who accuse others of that probably have it themselves. <laughs> you know, if you spot it, you got it. Um, but perhaps you're sort of narcissistic, like I am, and you can get wrapped up in yourself and not really pay attention to others and not, you know, maybe struggle with empathy, struggle with, you know, giving, uh, offering compassion, being other-centered, right? I struggle with that. I have to work. I've been working on that for the greater portion of my life. I've gotten feedback from some of my close friends, you know, feedback that's not easy to hear. You know, Roy, it's like you're you're in your own little world. You 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 don't recognize me and my needs or what I'm thinking or problems I'm facing, you, you're, you're, you're overly self-referenced. Eh? That's not easy to hear. It's true, but it's a major weakness. It can hold me back as a coach, obviously, right? How do you coach other people if you're self-obsessed? <laughs> so I like to think I've made some progress in that, otherwise my business would be non-existent. But that's an area that I've had to work on. It's a weakness. That's a major weakness. In fact, in the process of this series, I think I've admitted to you two or three pretty major weaknesses that I have. So I hope that shatters any illusion that I've got it all together. The only thing I have going for me is that I work on my weaknesses. And I think I've gotten that from my golf background, being a professional golfer since I graduated from college. And wanting to be the best in the world or compete at the highest level in the world. Well, you can't have any weaknesses in your game if you want to play at that level. So I'm sort of conditioned to look for the place in which I'm weak and say, I've got to get better there if I you know, want to be at the highest level. I'd like to be at the highest level as a person, the highest level I can be. So that means I got to look for my weaknesses and work on them. So that's the first unpopular secret. Most people don't tell you that they, because it, they know it's not well received, right? They, they know it's not fun to work on your weakness because as you work on your weakness, you're going to fail. You're, you're going to notice more narcissism. You're going to notice your lack of patience you're going to notice that you take three steps forward and two steps back. And that's no fun. It's, it's not ego stroking. It's kind of a constant reminder in your face that you're weak at something, right? But if you stick with it and you work at it, you're going to see progress. And then you're going to see your life and your love life level up to a level that you've never thought possible, right? So that was the first secret. The second one is that we have really unrealistic expectations about what it means to grow personally. And again, I, I hold many of us in the personal development field, us coaches and writers and speakers and gurus and, you know, experts and all that stuff that, that we paint a picture that if, you know, you do the work and you buy my products and you read my books and you take my seminars and you, you know, download my materials and stuff that, you know, what you're working on, you can eliminate from your life. If, if Whatever your weakness is, whatever issues that you need to face, the, the issues that have been plaguing you for years and maybe decades... That if you, if you do the work that I'm selling you, that that issue will completely disappear. They, they sell it like, a, like people would sell an antibiotic in regards to an infection, right? If you take an antibiotic, it will clear away the infection. It's gone, okay? And, and, they, and we sell our, our personal development programs, our relationship programs, and say if you've got some 
some issue from your past, some trauma, some some challenge, some weakness, some difficulty that if you do this kind of work, that that can be exercised from your body. You, 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 that will be removed and you'll, you can be delivered from it, saved from it to where it never comes up again. And I just think that's a load of crap. I think we can have issues and challenges that are so deeply woven into our personality structures and our DNA that the idea that we'll never experience a lack of patience again or a narcissistic tendency or a pull towards people-pleasing or fall back into being an approval addict or a control freak or kind of a critical perfectionist, the idea that you could do some kind of work and that will never surface in you again is absolutely outrageously ridiculous. So what does it mean to actually grow? Well, what it means is that you can become so self-aware of those challenges and tendencies that when they come up, because they will always come up, but they don't have to take you over and do their dirty work. You don't have to fall into the narcissism and show up in the world as self-absorbed. You don't have to respond impatiently whenever that urge to control comes up. You don't have to function as a people pleaser when the instinct is there. You don't have to utter the criticism and the judgment and fall into being a perfectionist. So real growth is not that you don't notice those energies coming up, those personas being present. It's that you have enough presence and enough self-awareness that you see it when it's coming. It's like, oh, there's, I'm being a narcissist right now. Oh boy, I, I'm really falling into impatience. Oh, I'm, I'm tempted to fall into people pleasing and say this or do that. I'm tempted to criticize and judge and make myself feel better by putting someone else down. I, I, I see it. I, I feel you coming, right? There's that, that old Johnny Cash song where he sings, uh, I hear the train a coming. <laughs> it's like, I hear the, I hear my shit coming. I, you know, here it comes and you can catch it. You can be present with it and let it go and move in the world and respond to situations, not from your normal reactivity that you've done your whole life, but from a conscious response to where you, you choose patience. You choose other-centered, other-centered concern. You choose to encourage rather than criticize. You, you cho- choose to be authentic rather than people-please. That's what growth is. Not that the instinct goes away, but that you don't get run by it. It doesn't take you over and you, you get possessed by it. Right, you, be, you, you fall into like the persona takes you over and now you're gone and this thing is, has taken your place and you are a narcissist and you are impatient and you are people-pleasing and you are critical and controlling or whatever it is. That's, that's what you should expect your growth to be like. That's when you can say, wow, you know, I've really grown because I still feel the urge to be a people pleaser or to avoid conflict, but I don't do that anymore. Or I rarely fall into that. I'm finding the courage to talk and face an issue with someone instead of running away and avoiding confrontation. I'm finding the, I'm finding the ability to be authentic and to risk my relationship's with my truth rather than just people-pleasing to get people to like me. See, that's what real growth is. So, so another way to say it is real growth 
In fact, I saw this somewhere on Facebook the other day. Somebody posted something like, like, it's really cool that the self that I'm noticing these days is quite more evolved than the self I used to be, <laughs> right? What are they saying? It's like, I used to be whatever it was, a people pleaser, but now I notice I don't, I don't do that as much anymore. But that's not to say that the instinct or the fear, the tendency is, is, is gone. That's, that's the misrepresentation of what personal growth is. All right, now, the third most unpopular secret, and I'm telling you right now, I, I'm a little skittish about saying this. Um, I, I really am. I, I'm, I'm afraid of being not, not misunderstood, but I guess there's this thought of I'm going to be dismissed because this third secret is admittedly um, completely self-serving. What I'm going to share with you, I just admit right up front that it's very self-serving. And I'm afraid you're going to dismiss it and not listen because of it. So maybe you already know what I'm going to say. The third most unpopular secret to genuine personal growth is that in order for it to happen, you need help. You need to pay someone to help you work on your weaknesses, deal with your traumas and your challenges and your issues. You can't do it alone. And not only can you not do it alone, you actually need to pay someone. Because the people that you could get to help you for free, 99 times out of 100, don't have the experience and the expertise to really make a difference in your life. Oh yeah, you could talk to your girlfriends or your guy friends or a sibling or your parents, um, but they're too close. They're too close to you. You need someone who sort of doesn't know you in that way. Someone who can stand free of you, love you, but give you feedback, offer you insight, ask you certain questions that only people who have devoted themselves to whatever issue you're wanting to grow in, they've devoted themselves to that aspect of life and they've you know, achieved a degree of mastery and a level of expertise that far exceeds your family and your friends. And to find that kind of help, someone who's devoted their lives, take the relationship conversation, to find really solid wisdom and help and guidance and coaching around relationship dynamics. Um, you, you, just, you need someone who's devoted their life to understanding those dynamics and the human condition surrounding it and has achieved a level of expertise or even a type of national platform where they are recognized as an expert in that. If you really want to grow deeply, so the third most unpopular secret is you need to pay someone to help you. You can't do this by yourself. Okay. Now, is that self-serving? Of course it is. I, I want to work with you. This is my business. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, that there's a, you know, that it's otherwise. I, I mean, I do this podcast. I want to put out conscious wisdom in the world because I, I stand for the evolution of the planet and the evolution of consciousness and the ideas I bring forth, I've seen them work in my life and others. And so I really do want to help and be of service. But I also want to make a living. <laughs> I also want to have people work with me and because that pays my bills and, and so forth. So I'm asking you, is it possible that you just don't dismiss me on what I'm saying here? 
I'm not saying you have to work with me. I'm saying if you really want to grow, you need to work with someone. Now, I think I'm, I'm not for everyone, um, but I think I'm a coach that can really connect with most in this area of being single and wanting to attract a healthy, sustainable relationship. There are other people in the world that have good things to offer you. But I feel uniquely able to support you in that. One, because I've gone through it in my own journey. We'll talk about that in a minute. And because I've devoted, I mean, 30 years, the last 30 years of my life. Well, the last 30 years of my life, 40 years of my life have been devoted to two things. Excellence on a golf course and excellence in the spiritual, relational, emotional aspect of life. Those are the two passions that I have had since I've been a teenager. I don't know where they've come from. Well, my dad loved golf. I think I I got into it because I loved my dad and he wanted me to play golf with him. But I don't know where my spiritual and emotional and relational um, passions have come from. I didn't grow up in a religious family. We we went to church, but kind of like on the holidays. Okay, so, you know, so I, I wasn't in some spiritual kind of uh, upbringing. Um, but yet I've just had an instinct for it. I've, I've had a, a passion for wanting to understand what's real and, and who I, who I really am and why do we suffer and why don't most relationships work out and, and the ones that stay together, they don't necessarily seem to be all that healthy and and wonderful. They seem to be sometimes people tolerate each other. So I've looked at my own love life. I've looked at other people's love lives and spiritual lives and emotional lives. And it's just been a curiosity of mine. It's like, I, I want to understand these things. So I've devoted my life to those two things. Uh, and so I do feel like I have something to offer you in this regard. And I'm just here to tell you. That if, if, if you want more than a mediocre love life, like I should say this, like if all you're looking to find in your love life is just someone that you can tolerate each other and not kill each other, well, then you don't need coaching for that. I mean, anybody can do that. But, it, but if you're really wanting to experience a relationship that is very rare, I mean, something that's healthy, mutually supportive, co-creative, sexually active, um, spiritually deep, something that's healthy, something that lasts, something to where, yes, you have conflicts and you have issues, but you, you work on them in a way in which it brings you closer together rather than further apart. If that's what you're looking for, then you need someone to help you with that. We don't come from the factory knowing how to relate with other human beings on a conscious level. We really don't. We're not born with emotional intelligence. We're not born with great communication skills. We're not born knowing how to resolve conflict that leads to harmony and deeper intimacy. We're not born knowing how to let go of the past and to live free of resentments and bitterness. And we're not born knowing how to keep our heart open in the midst of pain, in the, in the midst of being triggered, right? We, we don't instinctively know how to do that stuff, <laughs> right? You didn't learn about this around your dinner table, most likely. You didn't learn about this in your churches. You didn't learn about this stuff in school, that's for sure, right? So the very most important issues that it takes to create solid, beautiful, conscious relationships, nowhere in your life have you really had training in that. Unless you've been on this path and you've been reading books and taking seminars and so good for you. So you, you've learned a little bit. But most people, even people that have been on a spiritual path, I just talked to someone the other day that's you know, they've done all kinds of workshops and read my books and read everybody else's books and stuff like that. 
but they're still struggling in their intimate relationship. And I asked, have you ever worked with anyone directly? And the answer was no. So they've like 20, 30 years of reading mindful and conscious wisdom and Eckhart Tolle and Byron Katie and Michael Singer and, and all this stuff. And yet they, they told me that I'm in unbelievable drama with my kids and my partner. Okay. Why is that? Well, you can't say it's because they lack knowledge. Well, it's because there's a difference between head knowledge and gut knowledge, <laughs> right? And what a good coach does is, yes, perhaps we explain so we you have an understanding, so you grow in your your head knowledge. But a good coach, or at least this this coach, helps you put it into practice, helps you apply it to the nitty-gritty down in the dirt, everyday areas of your life so that you're not like evolved only in your knowledge base. You're, you actually live an evolved life. You live a conscious, you live in conscious relationship. You don't just simply know about it, but it, you, you can apply it to your very life. That's what a good coach helps you do. They're not like a professor that teaches you algebra. No, most of my clients, I assume they have some some real understandings of what it means to live consciously, but it's, it's not showing up in their daily life. They, they're still, they're still stuck. They're still in patterns. They're still attracting the same dynamics or having the same difficulties in their love life. And so it's not bearing fruit. That's what I am as a coach is. I don't plant the tree. I just help the tree bear fruit. <laughs> right? You're already planted, but maybe you need a little pruning. Maybe you need a little, a little care, a little watering, a little sunlight so that you, you bear some fruit, which is really what you want, right? I mean, you know, knowledge is one thing. An actual conscious relationship with another human being is really what you're after. And that just takes coaching. It just takes help. And you need to pay for it. Now, I will say this also, and you know this too, that anybody who succeeds at a high level in any aspect of life, whether it's music, theater, whether it's being a doctor or a lawyer, whether it's an athlete, whether it's an entrepreneur, you name it, the people that do well in their chosen areas of interest have coaches. They have multiple coaches. They have people who have mentored them and challenged them and walked with them and pointed things out. I mean, even people that are wanting spiritual enlightenment Go to gurus for pointing out instructions. Right? So as a professional golfer, I mean, I had, I had swing instructors. I'm 61 years old. I play golf recreationally and then in some, uh, some little tournaments in the summer around the Chicago area just because I love to compete and play. I still pay someone for golf lessons. And I'm a genius at golf. But I still want someone else's eyes on me. I still want someone else to, sh- to point out things that I'm not seeing. So I-, I still do that with golf. And I'm one of the best players in the world. You know, I mean, by the numbers anyway. So you'll find that to be true of, of anyone. They have a number of coaches, financial planners. I mean, whatever, Right. But that's so weird when we come to our love lives, there's almost a stigma about getting relationship coaching, especially for men. You know, what's wrong with you? You're a guy and you're, you're getting relationship coaching. And the answer should be, yeah, because I suck at it. No one's ever taught me about how to relate with people and, and to relate 
with a feminine person and and make it work right so the love life seems to be the one area where i mean we have somebody help us do our taxes we have financial planners we might go to the gym and have a personal trainer uh we might have a business consultant or a business coach but with our love lives oh, i don't want to pay someone for help on that but your love life is one of the most important areas of your life. I mean, if you want to describe, or if you ask people, what does it mean to be happy? They're, they're, they're going to point at the three areas. One, I want to be healthy. Two, I want to be financially secure. And three, I want good a good love life, family, friends, an intimate partner. I mean, the best-selling books in the world are always in those three categories, health and fitness and diet, relationship books, and financial books. They're always the best-sellers. Why? Because those are the areas that we really care about. But I swear we, have finan- we, we get financial advice all the time. We ask people to help us with our finances, and we pay them for it. And we pay people to help us with fitness and diet and nutrition and, and, and our general health. We go to doctors. What if you had some sort of health issue? Now I'm going to figure it out myself. Really? You're a cardiologist? Really? You're an internal medicine specialist? Yep, I am. I'm going to figure out all my health issues myself. You'd be nuts to do that, right? All my love life, is got, I'm going to figure it out myself. I'm just going to read a few books. That's like saying I'm going to read a book on cardiology and think that I can, you know, help my heart disease. No, you'll be smarter, but you're going to die because you need someone who's an expert, right, to to help you. <laughs> okay, so you need help. I, I, that's all I'm going to say about this. You, you, if you know that's, I think it was Einstein that said, um, "If what is it? If you want different results, um, insanity is a." is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results, right? It's, it's, I mean, what you're doing hasn't worked, right? I mean, if you were in an unbelievable love life right now, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast on how to attract lasting love, right? So however you've gotten here, whatever you've done or not done hasn't worked, you know, to give you the love life that you want, so why would you keep doing the same thing? Maybe you need to invest some money in your love life so that you can have a different result. No, I don't even I don't even think in the grand scheme that I'm that expensive. I actually don't. We'd have to have a conversation about my program and what you need and because my programs are designed specifically for the individual based upon their needs and so forth. Um, but I don't, I don't think I'm that expensive, but wouldn't it be worth it to invest some money in your love life for the outcome that it, that it will produce? Cause I mean, I get great results with my clients when the client really wants to do the work on themselves and they want to look at themselves and not just point the finger at all their partners and how they, they're all bad people and they did all the wrong things and so forth. When a client wants to look at themselves and take responsibility and, and see how they can make changes within themselves to attract better relationships and better outcomes, when I get that kind of client, oh my God, the life change is unbelievable. My clients routinely come back. That was the best money I ever spent. For, for what I'm experiencing, I would have paid a million dollars for that. So th- there you go. Now, let me wrap up by telling you a little bit about the way in which you ought to think about hiring someone. Like, okay, maybe you're convinced. Yeah, you know what? Maybe I do need some help. Okay, how do I choose a coach? Let me give you two things you need to look for. And yes, of course, I fulfill both of them, right? I know I'm being self-serving. But I think these two things you're going to hear about how to choose a coach make sense. And if you find these two things with someone else, then work with them. I'm serious about that. Okay? I, I 
I don't, there's no scarcity in the world. I'll get enough clients, right? I'm just, I just want you to get unstuck by doing something different, which is paying someone to help you discover your blind spots and things you're not conscious of and ways in which you're sabotaging yourselves that you don't know you're doing it. Okay. So here's, here's what you need. You need somebody with experience. Okay. Experience and expertise. But I mean something specifically by that. And here's how I'll say it. What I don't mean by experience and expertise, I don't mean that they have been doing their profession for a number of years. Just because you've been doing something for 20 years doesn't necessarily know mean you know what you're doing, right? I mean... A lot of people have been playing golf for 20, 30 years. Doesn't mean they know what they're doing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right? So when I say experience, I don't mean just years. And when I say expertise, I really don't mean letters after the person's name. Great coaches sometimes have been through universities and have doctorate degrees and so so forth. But I could make a case that most of the best coaches are are people who have dug it out of the dirt themselves. They have personal experience with the issue themselves. They have not been educated out of a textbook and been taught by a professor necessarily. They have been through the issue that you're facing and come out the other side. They are, in a sense, could say that they are people who they once were lost, but now they're found. They were blind, but now they see. So when I talk about experience, I'm saying you should look for someone who has had your problem, who has suffered from your issue, who has had your challenge. And they, in their own personal lives, worked through it, got their head around it, and grown beyond it to the point where they are now where you want to eventually be. That's what I mean by experience. Someone who's been on their own personal journey with your issue, they, they once were lost, like you might feel right now, but now they're on the other side of it. And because they've gone through it, they are uniquely qualified to walk back and find you, grab you by the hand and say, let me show you how to get where you want to go because I've done it. I know the path. I know the trail. Just imagine you want to climb Mount Everest. My Lord, you can't do that by yourself. But you also don't want a guide who's never climbed Mount Everest. You don't want to take some guide that works on, you know, it's a trail guide for mountains in, you know, California or Washington State or Colorado. What do they know about the trail up Mount Everest? No, you want someone who has gone up Mount Everest themselves because they know where the dangers are. They know the tricks. They know the shortcuts. They know the, the path. They've done it. So I'm telling you, you don't want a coach who is educated in your area or a therapist who is just educated in your area. You want someone who has suffered from your issue and found their way through it. So in other words, you want someone whose love life was a mess and there's lots of drama and relationships that didn't work out and someone that faced patterns in their love life and, and problems and pain and they did their work. They probably hired a coach. They took the introspective spiritual journey to awaken to who they are and they found their own blind spots and their own limiting beliefs and their 
They've discovered their own relationship personas and it changed them and they were then able to meet, fall in love with, marry and create a healthy, sustainable relationship. That's your expert. What you don't want to do as a single person that wants to attract lasting love is go to a therapist who's been married for 35 years and never been through a divorce and has never been single. You don't want to do that. All that they can offer you is book knowledge. They have no firsthand knowledge of divorce, of recovering from it, of learning the lessons of the introspective work it takes to attract a healthy dynamic. They met, they met their partner in high school and then they got married after college and now they're 60 years old and, you know, great, wonderful. But that's not who you want to hire. They, they don't have any, they don't, they don't know what, they've never been down your trail. <laughs> they really wouldn't have anything to offer you. At least not what I could offer you. I'm sorry, but I have to say it that way. So the first thing you want to look for is not just simple, I've been a therapist or a counselor or a coach for 30 years and I went to Harvard or Stanford and I've got all these letters and stuff after my name. That's all well and good. You, you want someone who's lived the journey that you're facing. Now, if, if you find someone that has letters after their name, great, as long as they have their own personal experience with it. That's what's indispensable. You need someone who has personally experienced and gotten through the issue that you're facing. Whether or not they have letters after their name doesn't matter. Yes, this is self-serving because I don't have a degree in psychology. I don't have a doctorate. I can't write a prescription, right? My, my wife is a, a state licensed therapist. I want no part of that. <laughs> I don't want to deal with insurance. Um, I don't have that kind of education. I frankly have had more hours of training than my wife or anybody with a master's degree has ever had in terms of the hours that I've spent with gurus and teachers and trainers and seminars um, I probably have a 10-year degree in the amount of time that I have spent in training and learning and how to coach people and so forth. But aside from that, I got my own journey through the relationship dynamic. So I'm not ashamed to say I'm the ideal person to work with. I have both the educational background that exceeds a therapist or someone with a doctorate in terms of the number of hours spent in learning with the masters and I have my own personal journey. There you go. That's the first thing, a specific kind of personal experience with the issue. The second thing is you want a coach who is willing to be an ego killer. <laughs> you want a coach who, if you need a compassionate hug, will give it. But you, your coach needs to be someone who's willing to kick you in the ass if you need that. You need a coach who's willing to challenge your ego defenses, to challenge you to wake up. You don't need a coach to soothe the ego and give you like saccharin-based comforting, you know, oh, you know, you're wonderful and you don't have anything to work on and you don't need a coach who's going to allow you to play victim. A coach who will, you know, you don't need a coach who will allow you to blame others for your relationship issues. They won't allow you to blame your parents. They won't allow you to blame your friends or the online dating scene or your exes or the way you were raised or 
your medical conditions or any of that. You need a coach who's going to hold your feet to the fire and challenge you to take responsibility and to focus on what you can do within yourself to change your outcome. So I'm not saying the coach is mean. I'm saying they love you enough to not let you get away with nonsense. To call bullshit when you're giving it. <laughs> now, I've had this. I've had a number of coaches in my life. Um, in my personal journey, not just in golf. I've had a bunch of that, too, of course. But I've, my coach, Diana Chapman. I mean, she, I mean, my ass was bruised after a lot of our sessions because I was shoveling some crap. I was blaming. I was, my ex-wife is this, my ex-fiance is this, and she would not let me play that game. She kicked my ass when it needed to be kicked. Yes, she was unbelievably compassionate and generous and comforting when I was hurting or grieving or even feeling something within myself that was scaring me, right? So she was a presence in my life where she would, she knew what to give me at any moment for my growth. So she was present enough with me to know, does Roy need a compassionate hug right now for his growth? Or does Roy need a loving kick in the ass for his growth? What she wasn't doing was saying, what does Roy want and what will make Roy happy? You know, kind of on the surface. She was standing for something deeper than just my ego and my surface happiness. She was like, what does this man truly need to become the man that he is. And sometimes that was a hug. And sometimes that was a sword. That's what I aspire to do. I hope I do it with my clients. I think sometimes I fail. But I desire to be a presence with my clients. And stand for what I know you truly want, which is your best self, which is your awakened self, which is, you know, the deepest person that you are. And I hope I can feel into that right now what you need is a compassionate hug, a listening ear, um, a gentle, you know, space for you to express what you're feeling and what's happening and what you're wanting. And other times I might sense that what you need to grow is for me to call bullshit, for me to challenge you to do something, to take responsibility, to face something within yourself and to stop blaming or whining or whatever it might be. So as a coach, I, th I think what you're looking for is sort of an ego killer. Someone who just looks and sees and knows what do you need to take the next step? What kind of coaching, what kind of words, what, what kind of direction do you need to take your next step? And that's what I desire to do as a coach. That's what I do as a coach is to provide that. And yeah, sometimes my, my clients get mad at me, just like I got so mad at my coach on a number of occasions. I remember, I remember cussing out my coach for five minutes, just ripping her for what she had challenged me on. And of course, when I get that kind of reaction, I know that I'm reacting that way because she's right. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that way? The more you get defensive, it's because you know somebody's right. So my, my clients sometimes... They don't like what they hear. It doesn't feel good. Sometimes they disagree and they, they argue. And I, I just remain present and hold their feet to the fire. Other times my clients need a whole different approach. Sometimes both approaches happen within the same session. 
right? So, okay, so I will stop there and and say that if 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 you are going to respond to this last unpopular secret that you need help and you need to pay for it, that the way you choose that person is find someone with personal experience with your issue and they have successfully negotiated it and gotten through it and they are now where you long to be one day. And then find someone who um, has got a little killer in them that they're going to hold your feet to the fire, that they can give you a hug, but they can give you a kick in the ass. You will end up thanking them for it. Sometimes in coaching situations, it's not necessary. It doesn't feel good. Some sessions is like, whoo, that session didn't feel very good, but you're going to look back and say, that's what I needed. That's what I needed. I mean, take like a, a basketball coach that makes the team run suicide drills, right? Ladder drills, you know, and it's killing them. They don't want to do it. It's exhausting. It's, you know, they're dying. But then in the game, in the fourth quarter, where their legs are fresh and they've got wind and they overtake their opponent because they're just in better shape. They're like, oh man, coach, thanks for kicking my ass in training. I didn't want to do it, but but I'm glad you did. Because now I see what it does. So, I'm going to help you get in relationship shape. And sometimes that means running some suicide drills. It's like, this is hard. Um, This is challenging. Uh, I don't like facing these issues in my life. Then you're going to come back to me and say, thank you for doing that to me, Roy, because I'm a better person for it. And I'm able to relate at a deeper level. Okay? So there you go. The three most Unpopular secrets to genuine personal growth are work on your weaknesses. Recognize that growth is not the elimination of an issue, but the ability to be present and transcend it as it comes up. And then thirdly, hire someone to help you. You do those things. You understand those things. I'm telling you in the next year to two years you're going to be amazed at how different your love life looks okay I appreciate you doing this uh, series Um, the title is maybe not as sexy as some of the other titles I've come up with but maybe the most important so anyway until next time take care bye bye You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.